Welcome back, everyone, to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. It's another episode of Monday Mayhem, and what an episode it will be. Uh, it's going to be chaotic because a lot happened this weekend. We learned a lot in the football world, not only in college football, but in the NFL. And we're here to, to discuss it all. Sam, how was your weekend uh, watching some, some pretty good football? I mean, Saturday, your Saturday night was capped off with Notre Dame taking down Clemson in overtime, and then Sunday – we had a handful of great games in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's it was pretty fun to watch everything from Florida beating Georgia to uh, Indiana dominating Michigan to capping off as you mentioned the Notre Dame Clemson to the Sunday night games. It was it was just a blast overall. Uh, we're over halfway. Uh, we're over at the halfway point of the NFL season. So I never thought we would get to this point with as few cancellations as we did. But hey, we're here. We're moving on. And, yeah, that's that's all I got to say. Yeah, and really all games this weekend went off without a hitch in terms of being played. Now there was – I know the um, the Dolphins had like five coaches out uh, due to COVID protocols. But overall, the, uh, every game was played this weekend in the NFL and knock on wood that it can continue to be like that every week because we love to see it. Uh, but I want to start there with Indiana. You mentioned, Sam, they take down Michigan – it, it becomes the first time they've been ranked in the top 10 since like the 60s. And it's the first time that IU has beaten Michigan and Penn State in the same season in school history. So this season obviously is going to be remembered for uh, COVID in the shortened season and whatnot, but also uh, and have a special place in, in Indiana football fans. The Hoosiers are 3-0, and uh, but again, a really, really tough schedule ahead of them. We knew – well, we, we saw this schedule from the beginning. We knew it was going to be tough, uh, and they've taken the bull by the horn, so to speak. But it gets tougher down the stretch, in in my opinion. Uh, no doubt their schedule doesn't get any any easier from here. They have Michigan State left, Ohio State, Maryland, Wisconsin, Purdue to finish out their schedule. So those are that isn't a easy schedule by any means. But I'm loving what I'm seeing from this IU team. I don't know whether you watched the after thing where they said, like, we love you, coach. Like, this team just wants to play for Tom Allen, whether it's him tackling his own guy after, I believe, a interception. Like, this team is just rallying around Tom Allen. Michael Penix, I've said it. I'll say it again. Huge fan. He stepped in a bigger way. 30 of 50, 342 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, 342 yards, three touchdowns. I t I've, I've said this. The offense is going to have to run through him. I believe their um, average is about three yards per carry throughout the rushing game last game. Michael Penix has had to step up, and he's delivered. And I'm I'm continuing rocking with the idea that Michael Penix is the guy moving forward. That I'm just I'm just riding the bandwagon at this point. He's only a redshirt sophomore, too, which is absolutely crazy to think that he's playing at this high level. They're going to get him for the next two years. It's going to be fun to watch him grow and develop as well. Michigan State next week, not a team to overlook. They've had a rough start of it. Uh, they beat Michigan, um, but they lost this week um, to uh, Iowa. It's going to be a big week for Indiana, not only because you play Ohio State the next week, but you got to take care of business in Michigan State in the you know at their place. So. Um, Definitely a team that you can't overlook and, and something that you're going to have to come prepared or otherwise Michigan State will put you right in your butt. No doubt. And I'm kind of confused about this Michigan State team. And I don't know whether this team is a week-to-week -week team 
or not because they opened up the the season with a surprising loss to Rutgers. They bounce back with that Michigan win, and then they lose by 42 to Iowa. So I'm not sure what Mel Tucker's game plan is for this game. I'm expecting them to kind of keep it close with Indiana, but if it's anything like last week, this past week's performance, like Indiana should, I say should, I'm not saying would, should be able to take care of business. Yeah, they should. And and, and the good thing about this IU team, you mentioned it, this team is 110% bought into Tom Allen. And, and Tom Allen, um, you know, he said it time and time again, he just loves coaching Indiana football. He loves um, coaching this team. So, it's been fun for him uh, to, to be able to do that. But this, this, uh, these players are 110% bought into him, and he'll get them focused for this game. They won't be looking ahead to Ohio State, or at least I hope they're not. So uh, that's, that's the fun part about watching IU football is just the way the players love Tom Allen as a coach and the way they buy into the system and they really do whatever's asked of them. They go and they do it, and they do it with, with poise and, and with enthusiasm. So this is going to be a fun IU football team to watch. Um, as the season progresses, because this is a team that it could be one of those special seasons that we're talking about 10 years down the road. I, I do think one thing that IU has working against his favor is they're writing so high heading into, so let's say they get it done against Michigan State. I feel like they're just going to run into a storm of Ohio State that they're not prepared for because they think they're invincible. And I think one of the down, that's the downfall that IU is going to have is that they've had so much success that they're thinking they're just going to come in, come in. I think they're playing, they're playing Ohio State at Ohio State, which doesn't help any. I feel like they're going to be a little bit too full of themselves if they get it done against Michigan State. And like the Notre Dame teams of the past, where they've gone on to play Alabama or Clemson, they just they just get right, they just get knocked right on their ass, and like like their their like egos get humbled a little bit. Yeah, but. I think that's where the Tom Allen effect comes in. I think from watching IU football for the past, you know, few years um, with, with Tom Allen as the head coach, I think that he um, kind of gets these guys prepared for that. He, he makes sure they stay humble and, and that they don't get too far ahead of themselves. I don't think they'll go into Ohio State, regardless of what happens at Michigan State. I don't think they'll go into Ohio State thinking that they are the better team. I don't think that's the way they've gone into the game against Penn State, and that's definitely not the way they went into the game against Michigan. I think they embrace that kind of underdog role, if you will, and, and exceed that um, with, with high uh, expectations because I, I think Tom Allen keeps this team humbled. He keeps this team focused and, and doesn't get too caught up in we're ranked number 10 or, or we, we've had one of our best seasons to date. I think he keeps this team humble. There's still a lot of work left to go. You know, um, they've said several times uh, during the TV broadcast this year that, that the senior class is the first class that Tom Allen has recruited. And he, he recruited them on a promise to win a Big Ten championship. And if it's going to be a year to do it, it's this year. And, and I think they've kept that focus. They've kept their head down. They know that every game is so important. So I think the Tom Allen effect comes in there and where they won't get too far ahead of themselves. Now they are college athletes that go to class and are on a college campus and, and hear their friends and, and their friends' friends talking about how great they are. But I, I think that Tom Allen will get this team going um, with their head down and with a great focus and approach to each team. I, I hope that's the case because I, I think that, 
like maybe it's just because I'm not connected with the program and can't see what the players' reactions are. But it just seems like from what I've seen from IU fans, and again, this isn't the football program, but that they're saying we want Bama. And it's just like now maybe that's not the players itself. But if that community striking saying that, I'm sure there's a little bit of that um, that little, I don't know, uh, like, I don't know the word, a little bit like seeps in to the, the rest of the players. Because, again, as you mentioned, they're on a college campus. They're talking to people. They're, they, the players have social media. So they're definitely uh, somewhat locked into what the rest of the fans are saying. Yeah, they definitely are. But uh, let's hope they, they take a different approach to it because uh, Michigan State not going to be easy next uh, next week. The other team from the other side of Indiana, another Dame knocking off number one Clemson. Clemson without Trevor Lawrence, but um, an overall great game played by the Irish. Um, and at the end of the day, you beat the number one team in the nation. Um, what, what was your reaction after watching Notre Dame take down Clemson in double overtime? I think it was really solid. I think what I've noticed is there was a, there's been a clear difference between the, the Clemson before Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson after Trevor Lawrence. It not, it's not just on the offensive side of the ball. It's also on the defensive side of the ball. When you look at their previous games with Trevor Lawrence, Virginia, they beat uh, 41-23. They beat uh, Miami, Florida, 42-17. You beat Georgia Tech, uh, 73-7. Syracuse, 47-21. And then you have DJ come in, and he, he's done some solid things, 34-28, uh, and then that last loss against Notre Dame, 47-40. It just seems like there's an overall different Clemson team, not just on the offensive side of the ball, but it just seems like the whole momentum of Clemson being this dominant team has kind of taken a hit a little bit. Yeah, it definitely has. And anytime another one team goes down, it's a big deal. Um, are you putting an asterisk next to this, this win for Notre Dame? It's been talked about Notre Dame can't be – uh, beat a good team. Notre Dame can't do this. Notre Dame can't do that. They beat uh, a really good team, but without their starting quarterback, are you taking and putting an asterisk on the books in this game? Or are you saying, you know what, Clemson's a great team. They played a great football game. I think it's a valid, uh, 100% valid win for, for Notre Dame. I think it's a 100% valid win for the reason DJ, uh, I'm not going to pronounce his last name, DJ U, I'll just call him. What would you say? Ungalele, I think that's how you U- say his last Ugalele. name. Um, I th- he had a solid game, 439 two touchdowns. So it's not like he didn't do anything in this game and Notre Dame just cur- came in curb stomped him. It's still the same Clemson team, yes, without Charlie Lawrence, but like I said last week, it's still the same five stars, still the same four stars around him. Etienne didn't have his best game, of course, but the team was still there. But like I said – I, I wouldn't put an asterisk around it. I, I will say there's a little bit of difference, like I mentioned, between the before uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, COVID and after Trevor Lawrence COVID. But I st- I, I, I'll give Notre Dame credit on this. I didn't think they would get it done even with DJ U- uh, Ugalele coming in. But they did, and hats off to him at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think you put an asterisk next to this game because – like you said, is still the same pieces and parts surrounding uh, Ungalele that would be surrounding Trevor Lawrence. So, and to be to get to his credit, he played a great game. Ungalele played a fantastic game for the Clemson Tigers. They did basically everything that was asked of him, and um, Notre Dame handled it well. I, I thought that uh, you know it, it was a it was a great game for the Irish to 
to battle the way they did. And I listened to a snippet of uh, Brian Kelly's uh, press conference here just a minute ago, and he, he was talking about how we're not celebrating that we just beat the number one team in the nation. We're celebrating that us as a team have known that we can do this, that we can, we, we can do it for four quarters and then some, um, and, and that we know we could, we could keep that focus and, 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 and that drive and determination. He's like, that's what we're celebrating. We're not celebrating because we beat the number one team in the nation. We're celebrating because we, we were able to do those things. Well, um, now Notre Dame is, is undefeated and, uh, really with a relatively easy schedule the rest of the way. Uh, they'll play North Carolina, who who has been struggling as of late um, in a couple of weeks. They play Boston College next week. Um, but Notre Dame shaping up to be undefeated when the season's end and potentially playing Clemson there in the ACC championship game. Yeah, I, I think the one team that worries me moving forward is I've been a big proponent of UNC. I know they – They've kind of had a uh, rough st- stretch of late, losing to Virginia, losing to Florida State and whatnot. But I'm still higher on this team. I think that's the one team moving forward Notre Dame really has left besides if they get to the ACC championship uh, against Trevor, uh, against Clemson, hopefully Trevor Lawrence. And I think it would be super cool to see uh, if Trevor Lawrence can get back in that ACC championship game. And then maybe if Notre Dame gets it done then, the haters will kind of be quieted because at that point you beat Trevor Lawrence with that Clemson team. And I think that would be super huge to Notre Dame. Yeah, it definitely would be. Um, and, you know, Notre Dame's kind of first year playing in the ACC uh, due to uh, the weird season, they decided to join the ACC to ensure that they got to play a whole season um, and, and rather than kind of floating in the waters of the independent world. Uh, but, yeah, winning an ACC championship in their first year kind of technically there would be awesome to see them taking down Trevor Lawrence um, would be awesome to see. Um, not sure if it's going to happen. I mean, Notre Dame's got to get there first. Clemson's got to get there first. We still have a lot of season left to play. Um, but it is kind of crazy that we are already through pretty much seven weeks, eight weeks in some uh, conferences through the uh, college football season. But overall, a p- pretty well uh, – uh, pretty good college football season is what I'm trying to say. Um, Alabama moves to number one uh, in the uh, standings. This is the 13th straight year that they've been at number one for at least one week, which is absolutely insane uh, to do that on repeat pretty much every year. Notre Dame at number two, Ohio State at number three, and Clemson at number four. That's the way the college football playoff would be set up as of right now. Do you like it the way it is now? What teams can play their way into – the college football playoff at this point in the season, Sam? I, I think we mentioned it last week with the Florida Gators. Florida is currently six right now. They just uh, are coming off a win against Georgia. They don't really have a tough schedule moving forward. Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee, and LSU. That's not a tough schedule. But when you look at who they'll have to play in the uh, SEC championship if they win out the rest of the way, it would be Alabama. So you can't tell me at number six – they went out the rest of their games and then beat the number one team in the nation, that Florida wouldn't be in. And I think that's the case. I think, interestingly, um, Cincinnati could potentially get in as a Power 5 team. Also, BYU really looking good. So it's it's going to be really close moving forward. We may see a lot of undefeateds playing for that number four spot, and a few undefeated teams may just be left out of the running, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm afraid – 
with BYU, what might happen is what happened to uh, UCF a few years ago where they were left out and undefeated. Um, but BYU has just been curb stomping every single opponent um, beside, with the exception of uh, uh, University of Texas in San Antonio where they only won by seven. But they've been curb stomping every opponent. They, they beat number 21 Boise State last week, um, 51 to 17. So uh, they've been absolutely dominating every opponent. I think, you know, I think they're going to have to be in consideration for the college football playoff, especially, I mean, if you have Clemson sitting there with one loss and you have BYU sitting there as, as undefeated, who are you letting in there? Clemson with one loss or BYU is undefeated. And that's where the conference championship game comes into play. If Notre Dame is playing Clemson in the ACC championship game, then I think it's an easier decision to let an undefeated BYU team in. And, and if Clemson loses, take them out and put them in. It's going to be a shuffle, and that's, there's so many different scenarios and, and where you can see these college football playoff standings when they're finalized end up going. I, I will say, though, that Boise State game was a little bit iffy because they had, like, 20-some inactives heading into that game. But it was still a solid win. It's still against a ranked opponent. And you got to give BYU credit for getting the job done. But it's going to hurt BYU that they're an independent school and aren't going to play in a conference championship like a Clemson, like a Notre Dame, like a uh, Hope, maybe Florida, Alabama, and whatnot. Because let's, let's say they get uh, – they finish off the rest of their season. They've got – North Alabama and San Diego State, like their schedule, to their credit, they've they've beaten everybody handily. But like their their best wins are against Boise State, Houston, and Navy. Like the rest of the schedule, they've beaten Troy, LA Tech, UTSA, Houston, Texas State. Like, are you really gonna let a BYU team in with that uh, undefeated, nonetheless, versus a Clemson team whose one loss was against Notre Dame when? Clemson has beaten the rest of their uh, Power Five opponents. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out because you're going to have a lot of one-loss teams due to the nature of this being a short season. You're going to have, like you mentioned, the Floridas, the Clemsons um, in there as one-loss teams, um, potentially in Indiana as a one-loss team. So it's going to be interesting to see the way it shakes out in terms of, okay, how many one-loss teams are we letting in? How is this going to go? I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see the way this whole uh, college football playoff scenario uh, plays out, Sam. No doubt. I'm excited for it. We've got a couple weeks left. we still got action to watch. Like, this, this, the rest of the season shakes out to me as long as we don't have more cancellations. looks to be really solid. Yeah, it definitely does um, for sure. Let's, let's transition over to the pro uh, version of football, the NFL. The Colts, we'll, we'll start there um, with some local coverage. The Colts, they, they absolutely fall apart in the second half. They lose by 14 to uh, Lamar Jackson and company with the Baltimore Ravens. There's more unease about Phillip Rivers now. I think there's, there's kind of uh, some more chatter, a little bit more hubbub about Phillip Rivers. Should he be here? What should we be doing? Especially after watching that second half performance uh, by the Colts on Sunday. No doubt. And it's not it's not the issue that I've had I brought up with that he's not a good starting quarterback. It is. It's just he's not going to be a guy who's going to lead this team to where we want it to be, which is to win playoff games and to win successes. Because when you look at the – when when you 
look at the defenses he's played, when he's had to play a big-time defense, he hasn't excelled. Whether it's the Bears, they got to win. He didn't look great. Whether it's the Ravens, he didn't look great. Or if it was the Browns, he didn't look great. So when you look at moving forward, he can beat all the Lions teams, the Jets teams, and uh, Vikings teams he wants. But when it comes down to playoff time, when it comes down to the next three games where we have the Titans, Packers, and Titans, well, the Titans don't have the best defense. They did have one solid week this past week um, against the Bears, but that's the Bears' offense. But the Packers, like, the Steel, they play the Steelers in Week 16. Like, I'm just not a believer in Phillip Rivers as a playoff guy, and I think that what worries me. He can get all the wins he wants, but when it comes down to playing uh, def- good defenses, which is what the Colts will probably have to do in the playoffs, I'm just worried about that. Yeah, it, it could be. Um, yeah, it, like you mentioned, he, he's a good starting quarterback, but the ability to win good games, not quite there, I think. Um, and that's kind of the discount you get with Phillip Rivers over Tom Brady. Um, and I feel like we're, you know, Colts fans are going to continue to compare the two because we had the op- opportunity to sign both of them. Um, but yeah, it was just a, it was a disastrous second half on all fronts for the Colts. I think they showed flashes of that season. Um, what was it? Uh, three years ago, I think where they went four and 12, where they could have easily been like eight and eight because they had, um, you know, leads after halftime, um, like I feel like I feel like that like five of their losses they had leads at halftime. So yeah, it was it was a fun first half game to watch. Not so fun the second half. Like the Ravens just kind of picked us apart, um, exposed all of our weaknesses, and ultimately that that's what it was. And maybe that's what we're getting with the Colts. Maybe it's a team that's good enough to win the AFC South, but when faced with a good AFC team like the Ravens, are we actually good enough to beat them? You know, in in a playoff scenario, I don't know. Hopefully the Colts learned a lot, but uh, right now we're, what, five and three on the season, so not terrible. I mean, we're still winning games, and we still have an opportunity to do well this season, so I don't think, you know, all the wheels have def- necessarily fallen off the bus for, for the Colts. I don't, I don't think that's the case at all, and, like, I may be, a, like, a big of a Phillip Rivers hater, but I'm not a hater in this Colts team. I just think when it comes down to it, I think Colts fans are just putting too high expectations for this team when you've got Phillip Rivers as their quarterback, and I feel like that's just going to lead to just disappointment at the end of the day because they can they can definitely beat the, the Titans, at least split the series. They can beat the Texans, who they have to play twice, the Raiders and the Jaguars, but when it comes down to it in the end, uh, playoff time, are, are the uh, Colts going to be able to beat the Ravens, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Raiders? I, I just don't know if this, this um, team led by Phillip Rivers can do that at the end of the day. Well, this was a, a week that I thought would be a, a good opportunity to go get you a big win because the schedule doesn't get any easier. I thought you're at home. Um, you, you, can, you can go get a win. Now you're on a short week. You go to Tennessee. Then you're home for, for Green Bay and the Packers, and then you host the Titans again. So that was a week where I thought, okay, maybe you can go get you a win, get you some confidence rolling into a short week because coming off a loss on Sunday, going into a short week, playing on Thursday is not the easiest thing to do, especially when you lose. So um, that, this was a week where I thought you could come in, get a win, and then go on the road to Tennessee with, with a little bit more confidence than, than you have right now. 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely would have been nice to win. I think I think the defense did a nice job of containing Lamar Jackson. 13 carries, 58 yards, touchdown. Uh, 12 carries, 30 yards for J.K. Dobbins. 11 carries for 23 yards. Uh, for So we did handle the rushing attack really well, which was a key that the Colts had to do. But we just couldn't produce on offense when we needed to. You saw that Jonathan Taylor fumble that resulted in that um, return for a touchdown. That definitely hurt us in the end because the score uh, otherwise would have been 17 to 10. And who knows at that point if we can go down and score a final touchdown. But yeah, I think it would have been solid. Now we're heading to a Thursday night game against the Tennessee away. It's a short week of preparation. Can we get it done? Can we stop Derrick Henry? Uh, I don't know at this point. I think I think the defense for the Titans is a little bit suspect for it so that uh, Philip Rivers can um, have relatively success. So I think this game, this Thursday night game, will be close, and hopefully the Colts can get it done. Yeah, well, let's hope uh, it'd be the first time they, they've dropped two straight uh, this season. Uh, Sam, we, we learned a lot about the NFL and, and, and a lot about the NFL teams, especially the ones in the top tier this weekend. Um, and really it kind of disrupted, I think, a lot of conversation about who's the best team in the league. I think the general consensus was the Steelers or the Seahawks. I think you could you could uh, take both of them um, and say that those were probably the best teams out of the respective conferences. The Steelers, they had to fight and claw their way to, to 8-0 against the Cowboys. The Seahawks, they got blown out by the Bills. What was your takeaway from watching these top-tier teams? The Chiefs, they wanted a close one. The Saints blowing out the Buccaneers. What was your takeaway from watching these top-tier teams, and, and what did you necessarily learn about some teams in, in the way they played this week? I think, I think I learned from this. I don't think anything about specific teams, but I think the depth of the NFL is unmatched like we've seen, whether it's from top to bottom, Pittsburgh almost losing to Dallas. Like, like what other year do you think that would ever be a possibility where we have the uh, last week where we have the uh, – Bengals beating the Titans. We have the uh, Chiefs uh, in several close games this season. Um, they lost the Raiders early in the season. The Bills, uh, ba- like basically controlling the Seahawks. Like it just seems like the depth of the NFL on both sides, the AFC, NFC, Saints uh, to um, the 49ers from the Steelers to the Colts, like this depth is unmatched, I think, with them we've seen in most years. Yeah, I I 100% agree because when you think a team should win or should win by a lot, they don't, i.e. the Chiefs, the Seahawks. I even thought the Seahawks could go into Buffalo and win. I mean, the Bills end up beating by by 10, but it wasn't even really that close. I mean, the Seahawks kind of made a late push. It wasn't really that close. Um, And then the Steelers kind of fighting their way with the Cowboys. Like you mentioned, the depth is unmatched. The most surprising to me was the Saints, six and two now, um, and and forced the Bucks to go to six and three. This is the uh, Tom Brady's biggest loss um, that he's ever had as a starting quarterback. His his previous record was I think thirty two or thirty, loses by thirty five um, to the Saints. The Saints team looked really well. I thought they used a lot of different weapons um, on Sunday night. Uh, to get to get the job done, so I, I think that the Saints played played really really well and and used all of their weapons to their greatest advantage this weekend. 
No doubt. And what what team I'm really shocked about that we're talking about having so much success is the Dolphins at five and three. They I did not expect them to uh, go into Arizona and get out a win like Tua did. Now, last week, Tua didn't really have to do a lot. I think he only put up 93 passing yards. So I was expecting the Cardinals to relatively handle business, but that wasn't the case. Tua put on a performance, 20 of 28, 248, two touchdowns. And what's crazy is the Dolphins are in the uh, – if, if the season ended right now, even though they would be the seventh seed, they would be in the playoffs as of right now. And I didn't think heading into the season with Brian Fitzpatrick or um, – Tua being the starting quarterback, we could be here week um, nine and be like the Dolphins are in the playoffs right now. Yeah, it's been crazy. Tua has been playing really well. I mean, give him credit. Uh, going against Kyler Murray, I thought he did a great job. He's going to get a play against a, a quarterback that was in his draft class in Justin Herbert next week in the Chargers who uh, continue to find ways to to lose games in just hilarious fashion. Um but, yeah, I think Tua has been playing phenomenal. Um, and his the way he gets it done, I think, has just been great. Uh, we weren't sure how he would do, you know, injuries. Is he ready for the NFL, all this? He's proven to be ready. And hats off to Brian Flores, too, for, for knowing that, hey, this is a time to bring in Tua. Um, he's ready to go. Hats off to him. I was a big critic of him. I think you were, too, Sam, mm-hmm. of pulling Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was 3-3 three and three heading into a bye week. They were doing – Pretty well. I mean, uh, given the expectations, they were doing pretty well, I thought. Um, so I was highly critical of him for doing that. Now you've won two straight. Um, would you have won both those games with Ryan Fitzpatrick? I don't know. That That's always the what-if factor. But uh, hats off to him for knowing the right time to bring two in and, and being successful with it. I think what's crazy is the Dolphins also have two picks uh, heading into next year's draft. So they're set up for not only success this year, which they could potentially make a playoff push, which I'm not, I'm not sure if that's their plan or not considering they're five and three and sitting here second in the AFC East, I believe only uh, two games out from the bills. So it's really interesting to see what the Dolphins go from here. Do they, do they continue to win games? Do they fall off? Because this this Dolphins team from the from the front office to the head coach is looking really promising for uh, for the Dolphins moving forward. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, any any other games you want to get to today, Sam? I know um, the Falcons. They were actually able to avoid blowing a lead this week. Uh, they won thirty four twenty seven against the Broncos. Um, the Giants beat Washington by three. Texans over the Jags by two. Um, it was uh, – what, what was the uh, Jags name, uh, quarterback? Um, well, or not, Lutton. Lutton, yeah, was able to take him down. He, he gets a rushing touchdown, an amazing run. They got to get the two-point conversion, and they don't. Um, so that was kind of a fun ending to watch in that game. The, the Raiders and the Chargers, the Chargers, I mentioned it a little earlier, they, they find hilarious ways to lose games. The, the Chargers have had more one-possession losses than probably any team in the league. So the Chargers go down. It's a very methodical, uh, like, two-minute drill. They get down there, and they score on the last play of the game. It's ruled a touchdown on the field. They go back to the replay booth. They deem it no catch, which I don't think it was, um, giving the Raiders the the five-point victory. Um, That was a fun ending to watch, and the Raiders holding on uh, for a much-needed win. They they really needed that if they wanted to keep their playoff uh, hopes alive. 
I, I think one team I want to touch on is I got to give hats off to Garrett Gilbert for the performance he had. I know they lost the Steelers, 8 no Steelers. I think everything, everybody, including myself and you, Grant, I can, I can probably safely say this, thought that the Cowboys were just going to go in there and get curb stomped. That wasn't the case. The Cowboys came in firing on all cylinders, had a 13-9 lead going into the, the second half, and then just kind of let up from there. But Gary Gilbert coming in, everybody just thought he was going to just do terrible. Didn't have that bad of a game, 21-38, 243 yards, a touchdown on a pick. It wasn't the best performance by any means, but considering he was put in a tough situation where we, we thought it was either him or Cooper Rush, and then they finally announced him as a starter, to come in against that defense to do what he did, I thought really impressed me overall. Yeah, it, it definitely did for sure. I, I was impressed by his play. Um, and to, to keep the Cowboys so close. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was an interesting um, uh, game to watch there. Got a good slate next week we'll talk about on Friday with weekend prep. The Colts on a short week go to the Titans. Um, Sammy went 2-0 and in your lock-it-down picks this week. Had the Packers by a touchdown on Thursday night against the 49ers. And you had the Ravens uh, by two against the Colts. I had the Panthers to cover plus 10.5 against the Chiefs. They did. The Bears could not cover plus six and a half against the Titans. The Titans, uh, after losing last week, kind of showed up and, and showed out um, and, and dominated the Bears, um, who are continuing to fall apart. Sam, we'll do it again on Thursday. Got any uh, final closing comments before we head out uh, on this Monday Monday morning? Uh, not really. I, I got a text that uh, I got my Ball State tickets, so we'll, we'll be at the games watching it, and hopefully we can talk about it on Thursday. Yeah, it should be fun. The Ball State Cardinals taking on Eastern Michigan on Wednesday, their first home game, coming off a loss uh, to Miami of Ohio. So we'll, uh, we'll hopefully the Cardinals can, can turn it around and get a win um, in, in that game. But, uh, yeah, Sam will do it again on Thursday. Uh, as always, it's been a pleasure. Follow us on Twitter, Straight Up Sports Talk on Twitter. That's where you can get the latest episodes published every Friday and every Monday. Uh, So make sure you're tuning in there. Um, With that, we'll see you next time, and uh, thanks for joining us.